We love to explain quantum physics and the mysteries of the universe, but the mysteries of finance, not so much. Intuit helps you demystify your finances through products from Intuit like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Understanding standard deductions or interest rates can be very complicated and tricky with big potential consequences. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hey, Daniel, what's your favorite part of a pizza? Oh, I'm all about the crust. The crust makes the pizza. Mm, You're a crust guy, huh? Well, it turns out that's just like a planet. All the interesting stuff in a planet like ours happens on the, the crust. That's where the good stuff is, right? You know, that totally makes sense because I can't count the number of times I've burnt my tongue on the hot lava of tomato sauce on pizza. <laughs> like a molten core of all that cheese. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And you always want to bite it before it's cooled off and turned into a nice place to live, you know. You always got to get in there. But, uh, you know, you're right. The crust is very important. And, you know, that's where you hold the pizza. That's where we hold on to our planet. So yeah. it's, uh, it's a big deal. Yeah. What about, um, what about the, the cheese stuff crust? That's like a crust <laughs> in a crust. <laughs> Yeah, what is the what is the geological analogy of cheese stuffed crust, right? <laughs> that's like underwater. That's uh, like a, a sub subterranean uh, lakes or something of cheese. Yeah. Well, I'm lactose intolerant, so. And I'm Daniel. And welcome to our podcast, Pizzas in the Universe. Daniel and Jorge explain what makes a pizza a pizza. And what doesn't make a pizza. (laughs) We have no idea. (laughs) We do have some idea. Based on my deep expertise of being a particle physicist, I'm here to expound on what's a pizza and what's not a pizza. (laughs) Now, welcome to our podcast, Daniel and Jorge Explain the Universe, a production of iHeartRadio in which we find topics here, there, everywhere, and break them down so that you can understand them while you enjoy your pizza. That's right. Uh, we're also the authors of the book, We Have No Idea, which you can find in bookstores and online. Or just borrow from your grandma because she read it and she loved it. She loved it. She told us. <laughs> Are you in touch with everybody's grandma, Jorge? <laughs> I'm in touch with the cosmic grandma. 
like the, <laughs> wow. you know, like the idea. I'm imagining, of all of a sudden, I'm imagining some like, you know, underground internet grandma network that you've oh, typed into. It's just a giant book club, basically. <laughs> Can you mobilize them in emergencies to do something important? <laughs> yes, there's a, I have a big red button here. <laughs> the, it says raise grandma army. Yeah. Somebody's hungry. Quick. <laughs> Somebody hasn't had lunch. <laughs> Somebody's looking thin. Cook, cook. <laughs> but uh, now today we're going to not talk about something that's out there in the universe, some mystery, but today we're going to focus on a question very near us and actually underneath you. That's right. Today we're going to talk about where we all live, the place that you call home. Today's topic is... What's inside the earth? Or what is the earth made out of? We, we live on it, we walk on it, we run in it, we swim in it. Um, but do, how many people know what this giant ball that we're riding around space on is made out of? Yeah, it's a special place. I mean, as far as we know so far, it's host to all life that we've ever seen, right? Everything anybody has ever touched or tasted has been on earth. So it's an important place, you know, it's the spaceship we are riding through the universe on. And uh, there's a lot going on, right? You can't just ignore it, especially for those of us living in California. You know, we're wondering about like earthquakes and all sorts of crazy stuff. So it's important to know what's going on inside the earth. Yeah, magnetic fields and having them move around and shielding us from cosmic rays. It's all because of what's going on inside. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, continental drift and uh, super volcanoes and all sorts of stuff. If the Earth was just a quiet lump of rock, it wouldn't be quite so exciting to live on. Yeah. And lava, of course. Lava. Who doesn't love a lava? Who doesn't love a lava lamp? <laughs> you know, I was teaching once and I usually like to open my class with um, asking people for random questions. You know, get them warmed up. <laughs> really? Say, hey, who's got a totally random question, right? And somebody once asked me, what does lava taste like? (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that is a good random question. So, of course, I said... Pain? Pure pain? (laughs) Tastes like pain. (laughs) Tastes like charred tongue? (laughs) No, I said pineapples. It tastes like pineapples. Does it? Was that with... I have no idea what lava tastes like. No, um, in like the millisecond between lava, like scorching your tongue, um, it probably you just tastes like rock, right? It's just probably like Mm. licking a rock. Salty. Salty, exactly. Uh, Metallic. Yeah, so people out there, do not do this investigation. Do not approach lava. Do not play with lava. Do not lick lava. Um, Probably doesn't taste like pineapple. Maybe in Hawaii, actually. And uh, so we we got into this question a little bit, Daniel, because we were wondering, we were thinking about ideas for this uh, for an episode, and we were wondering what would happen if you dug a hole through the entire Earth and jumped into it, right? That's a that's a pretty weird question. Yeah, and you know this is the kind of thing you see in science fiction all the time. You know, journey to the center of the Earth and. Um, Mm -hmm. I was watching Gravity Falls and they have the bottomless pit, you know, where they jump in and fall Mm. forever. And so it's a trope that you see a lot of times, you know, people wonder like, can you get into the center of the earth? And so it's a fun, it's also a fun physics question. I ask in my freshman physics class sometimes, like what would happen if you drilled a hole all the way through the earth and then jumped inside, you know, from the point of view of like gravitation. Yeah, but you know, I'm an engineer, so I kind of got hung up on the question of how you would even make that hole or... 
could you have a tunnel that goes through the center of the Earth? And uh, which led us to the question, what, what is inside the Earth? What's going on? What would you d drill a hole through? Yeah, exactly. Is it hard or easy? Do you have to like dig down 100 meters and then, you know, it's just like a big pile of soft stuff? Or is it like diamond down there or, you know, is it impossible to dig into? Yeah, this is pretty interesting stuff. Yeah. So we might get to that uh, question of what would happen if you jump through a hole <laughs> that goes through the entire Earth. But, uh, but today's episode, we'll, we'll talk about the, the earlier question, which is, what is the Earth made out of? That's right. We'll take you on a tour from the very top all the way to the very center of the Earth. Yeah. And as usual, we were wondering, how many of you out there know the answer to this question? How many people know what's inside the Earth? And so Daniel went out there as usual, out into the street, and asked people, random strangers, what they thought was inside the Earth. Here's what people had to say. Uh, is the Earth just one big rock, or is it more complex under our feet? There are more complex features below our feet. All right. Uh, so, so like the mantle, um, core, crust, she was up there. Lithosphere, mesosphere, something like that. Oh, wow, you know a lot. No, nah, I know there's, it's not just a big rock, but yeah, I don't know the components of what's okay. inside there. Well, I think there's like different layers of rocks, but that's it. Okay. Like different, like just different layers and different, just different components make up the earth. It's not just one big rock. Okay. It's like layers and like there's like dirt, rock gravel, like all that stuff, and they're like, uh, for some reason, like, my mind went to, like, Minecraft, <laughs> okay. so then, like, hmm, so like there, should, there should be, like, lava in there, yeah. The crust is, like, made out of, like, different minerals, like, different rocks, and, cool. Well, f uh, around the earth, the first layer is the crust, then um, there's soft, a softer, more hot rock. Um, and there are two layers of magma um, at the center of the core of the Earth. Well, it sounds like most people um, just sort of guess that it's just made out of rock and dirt and some lava. Yeah, a lot of people know there's like rock and dirt and gravel. And I love the people who refer to Minecraft as their, their reference. But, you know, <laughs> there's, there's some evidence there. Like, you know, Minecraft is a little bit educational. You dig down deep enough in Minecraft and you get to magma. So, yeah, good job, Minecraft. Yeah, and zombies, and <laughs> I, I, that's, all I, that's all I know about Minecraft is that there are zombies. Also, Minecraft, you know, says that the universe is pixelated, and I'm pretty sure they get that right also. So, oh, you know, the goodness. physics of Minecraft is really pretty solid. Interesting. Just a, maybe a few orders of magnitude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They need a few more bits, you know. It's not an 8-bit universe we live in. Uh. Well, there's the idea that we, maybe we are all in a video game, right? That's true, yeah. We could certainly be in a simulation. Um, my kids watched Ready Player One last week, and they looked at it, and they were like, whoa, that's pretty cool. He can almost live inside that game. And then you could see the idea being formed in their minds. Wait, what if we're inside a game right now? <laughs> really? Whoa. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And they weren't even stoned, I promise. They weren't even stoned. <laughs> they came up with that question totally sober. Huh. Well, that's a, that's a topic of a, a podcast we already recorded, is are we living in a video game? Uh, but today, we're going to focus on what's in, what's in the Earth. So uh, take us through, Daniel. If we start where we are now sitting or standing or riding on, uh, and we go down, what, what do we hit first? 
Well, the thing to remember is that the Earth is huge, right? So it seems like almost flat because the curvature is so small. And that's just because the Earth is enormous, right? And so remember, as we take our tour down to the center of the Earth, the scale of things from us all the way down to the center is thousands of kilometers, right? So that amazes me already when I learned that the crust, this part that we stand on, you know, the part that's like rock and whatever, that's only like 50 kilometers thick. And it varies. Under the ocean, it's even thinner. Uh, you know, top of Mount Everest, of course, it's thicker. But it's like a tiny little shell. It's like an eggshell um, around a yolk. And uh, that's the part that we live on. Wait, what do you mean? So the first layer underneath our feet is, is called the crust? Is, that the, is mm-hmm. that the official physics name? The crust. That's the official physics slash pizza name. Yeah, it's the crust. It's where you <laughs> grab onto the planet from, you know? What, what, what could you have instead of a crust? Well, if you were like on uh, Jupiter, for example, Jupiter doesn't have a crust. It has like a metallic hydrogen core and then like helium rain and then like, you know, liquid hydrogen oceans. And, you know, there's no like firm place you can really land. There's no rock on Jupiter. Oh, it's just So a... we're pretty lucky to be a rocky planet that has some crust to it, yeah. Jupiter is just kind of like a big blob of wet stuff. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's like a sun that never took off, right? Oh. Um, and, and, you know, earlier in Earth, in the life of Earth, when it was really, really young, it was just basically a ball of magma. And so the surface was all, you know, hot, molten rock. There was no cold crust to walk on. Wait, the Earth? And so the Earth, yeah, very, very early on. Oh, we form from, but I thought we formed from like bits of, of stuff out there on, in space. How did it turn into a big ball of lava? Yeah, so we did form from big um, from bits of stuff, right? Let's rewind a few billion years, and you have like a huge cloud of gas and dust, right, and, and rubble. That's all left over from other stars that have that you know had you know billions of years to burn and, and then explode and spew their stuff into space, and gravity gradually gathers it back together, and then gravity made the sun, and it gathered all the extra bits together into the planets, and the gravitational pressure, right, the collision between the stuff and the pressure pulling this stuff together, that's what that's what creates a lot of the heat. Also, there's when you have a really hot stuff inside the Earth, and you have things like uranium and all sorts of other stuff emitting radiation. So it makes the Earth hot, right? The gravitational mm. pressure and the radiation from the core made the young Earth very, very nasty and hot and wet. So no place you can go for a nice walk. It's uh, it's being squeezed down in a bit. Okay, so the the first layer is this uh, thing you call the crust, and it's made out of just like rocks, uh, like the same rocks we see on the surface. Yeah, I mean it is the surface, right? And it goes down about you know thirty five kilometers or fifty kilometers, depends on on exactly where you are. And wow. people have tried. I love this. People have tried to dig through the crust, right, to see like how far could we go, how deep uh-huh. could we get, can we dig, you know. And um, the Russians actually have won that race back when there was the Soviet Union. They dug a shaft, which was, I think, 12 kilometers down. So it's like, you know, maybe a third or a fourth of the way through the crust. The idea uh, was almost like a pinprick. They, they didn't really get through the crust. Yeah. And, you know, all of these things, these little holes we're talking about, the size of the crust, even like the peak of Mount Everest, all these things are tiny features compared to the size of the Earth. As you're saying, it's like a pinprick. And remember, right. if you held the Earth in your hand, none of the features on the Earth would even be recognizable. They might not even be observable. You could probably run your thumb over the Earth and not even tell where Mount Everest was. Wow. It would be like a, it would look shiny, like a shiny marble. Yes, shiny, slightly wet marble. Exactly. <laughs> um, and so, and, and the outer layer is this crust, which is only, you know, 30 to 50 kilometers thick. So it's wow. really pretty thin. 
So we would see uh, like just regular dirt and rocks and stuff uh, for 50 kilometers. That's a lot. I mean, that's like from... Yeah, I know. And it, it's this conflict in scales, right? Like 50 kilometers seems like a lot. And we try to dig through it and it's too far, right? And yeah. so on one hand, it feels like a lot. On the other hand, it's a tiny little fraction. Um, but right. this is the kind of thing you discover when you're exploring physics and space and the universe, right? All these conflict in scales. Like the Earth is huge, but actually it's tiny compared to the sun, which is right. huge, which is actually tiny compared to the galaxy, right? right? It's one of the things I love about physics. Yeah. And I mean, like you, you can drive 50 kilometers in your car in less than an hour, but uh, if you try to dig 50 kilometers down, it, it would take you a little bit longer. Yeah, I don't even know how they did it. This, this hole that they dug in the Soviet Union that's 12 kilometers deep, it's only like 20-something centimeters wide, right? So they had to have like a crazy drill bit, and, you know, they probably had... Um, a really long extension um, cord. <laughs> like a 12-kilometer extension cord, you know what I mean? Yeah. Probably they had like Christmas lights and everything. They were using every extension cord in, the, in town probably. <laughs> they were in the Soviet Union. That's why they went broke. <laughs> They're like, everybody, don't use any electronics. Give us your cord. In Soviet Russia, hold drills you. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Um, yeah, um, exactly. So, okay, so, yeah, so the crust is 50 kilometers thick. We've uh-huh. only barely pricked the, like, the outer bits of it, right? Okay. The deepest mines uh, hardly scratch the surface, and it's a tiny fraction of the size of the earth. Wow, it's just like a little eggshell, egg really. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, exactly. It's like if you ordered a pizza and the crust was like almost invisible, like you could just barely grab it before you got the tomato sauce, right? Oh, it'd be like a, I hate it when they cut pieces in squares, because then you get pieces without crust. <laughs> you hate that? That's the best way to cut pizza. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, then you don't Seriously? get any crust. I thought you were a crust man. Oh, yeah, but you have crust on the bottom. I mean, that's what the crust is for, right? <laughs> to hold up the pizza. Mm. The part of the crust without tomato and cheese is wasted. It's the dry, I thought, okay. Well, we'll, we'll <laughs> that'll be another episode. Daniel and Hori argue about pizza. Okay, so let's say you, you dig through 50 kilometers down and you break through the crust. What, 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 do, you, what do you find? Then you get to something they call the mantle. And the mantle is basically rocks that have been squeezed really hard, you know, by gravitational pressure, by the crust on top of it. And um, they're like not fluid, but not exactly solid. It's like a bunch of rocks that are you know, rubbed together really hard and, um, and um, they can slide around a little bit. Wait, what do you mean fluid? Uh, they're like, um, like grains of sand is fluid or, or like really the rocks themselves deform and, 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 and flow? I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's a little bit like the way glaciers flow, right? You hear about glaciers like flowing across the surface of the earth and carving out mountains, right? Mm. But then you go visit a glacier and it's just a big piece of ice. And you're like, how is this thing flowing, right? Well, it flows oh. very slowly, um, you know, like uh, like glass flows or something like oh, that. Oh, I see. If you went up to it and touched it, it would look feel solid. But over time, it, it would be deforming. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think there's elements of it that are more liquid and elements, elements of it that are more solid, right? That's why we have magma that creeps up through holes in the crust and turns into lava when it spews out in volcanoes. By the way, huge internet debate over whether what to call magma and what to call lava. Oh, is there really? That's what, you, mean people argue, you mean people argue in the internet over things that are not that important? <laughs> Someone on the internet was wrong. I can't go to sleep. Yeah, it's magma when it's still underground. And as soon as it comes above ground, then you call it lava. 
So if you say that a volcano spews out magma, you're going to get like a thousand people online telling you, you're wrong, that's actually lava. Or if you say that there's lava lava. underground. Oh. Well, let's let's be sure here to to not anger anyone on the internet. (laughs) That's not the point of this podcast, is to annoy people and piss them off. Uh, so the, this mantle, uh, this kind of liquid rock, um, is super thick, you were telling me earlier. Yeah, it's like almost 3,000 kilometers thick. So it's a huge chunk of the Earth, right? It's much, much thicker than the crust. So if you were to somehow be able to dig all the way through the crust, right, which is, seems almost impossible, you'd get to the mantle. And the mantle is like is really thick. So that's a huge part of the drilling if you wanted to get oh, down man. to the center of the Earth. It'd be like drilling from Florida to California. Yeah, but it'd be super hot and super high pressure the whole time, right? So it's not just like a nice drive across country, right? It's a really difficult environment. Mm-hmm. You need a lot of extension cords for your air conditioning. <laughs> That's right. And it's because the mantle is not actually solid that we have earthquakes and tectonic activities and mountains and stuff uh, like that. Oh, you know, it's always the, shifting and moving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can sort of think of the crust as broken into pieces that are floating in slow motion on top of this, you know, semi-liquid, semi-solid mantle magma business, right? And they slide around, they bang into each other, and all the interesting stuff that happens on the surface is because of that action. I see. Because you're saying it's like the crust is pretty solid, so we are kind of like floating icebergs kind of, right? So the, the crust is solid, but the rocks underneath is fluid, and so... When you move these like solid pieces, that's when you get the the crunching and the the earthquakes. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty thick, which is good because you wouldn't want to drive you know an entire tectonic plate through something like you know as as thin as water. Um, and things get pretty crazy. This mantle is really thick. It's like ten to the ten times thicker than tar, right? So it's not something that you can easily sluice through. Wait, wait, what do you mean um, thicker, like denser? Yeah, they have some measure of thickness, you know, the, the viscosity, basically. It's more viscous than tar by a factor of 10 to the 10. Oh, I see, I see. Viscous, okay. It's, it's not... Um, hmm. If you had a bowl of it, how long would it take a drop to form and drop out? Actually, that's fascinating. Have you, ever, have you seen this experiment, the tar pitch experiment? Yeah, yeah. It, like it, it, um, it's like something so thick, it, it just hangs there for a long time. Yeah, it takes like, uh, you know, two decades for a drop to form and fall. And they've been doing the experiment for like, I don't know, 80 years or something. And in 80 years, they had like four, four drops fall. And every time one is about to fall, everybody's like super excited about it. <laughs> anyway, this stuff is, is much thicker. It would take billions of years right. for a single drop to form. Oh, so let's say, so we're, if we're digging our, tu- our tunnel through the center of the earth, we would dig a tr- tunnel and we would be safe. It wouldn't move, would it? Like with the tunnel closing on itself or something? Well, there's a lot of pressure, right? Yeah, it's really thick, you're right, so it might hold itself up, but there's also a huge amount of pressure, right? There's tons and tons and tons of stuff bearing down, so I think that uh, the tunnel would have to be really strong to survive. And that's my mm. bone with, like, all those movies about Journey to the Center of the Earth. I'm like, where's all the stuff, you know? <laughs> it always seems to be, like, fluffy, empty space, like they're just, like, digging through styrofoam peanuts or something. Whoa. But in reality, if you, if you dug a tr- tunnel... Like the walls would cave in really quickly because it's under so much pressure, right? Yeah, you'd need some super material to stabilize the walls, yeah. Adamantium, probably. (laughs) All right, let's keep digging down. But first, let's take a quick break. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. 
Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, a daily podcast from Hello Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Every weekday, we bring you conversations with the culture makers who inspire us. Like our recent episode with Hollywood royalty Regina and Raina King. We talked about the creative power of women's relationships. I feel like, thank God for women. Like, especially when it comes to Black women, the way we lean on our mothers, our grandmothers, our sisters, our friends. We're just each other's pulse. I mean... It's molecular, you know? Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so we're digging through to the center of the earth. And uh, we, we passed the crust and we passed the mantle. We're now about... 3,000 kilometers into the Earth, and then we uh, things change, right? After the mantle. Mm-hmm. Now we hit uh, a new layer, which is called the liquid outer core. Yeah, exactly. And you might wonder, like, why do they give these things different names? Is the Earth really just continuous? And this is just like scientists putting labels on stuff because scientists love putting labels on stuff. Oh, like, the, is there a boundary? Really? Like, is, does, does, do, do the things suddenly change when you keep digging? They kind of do. Yeah, there really are surfaces there. Right. Like Mm. things do change. The mantle really is different from the crust and the crust and the mantle is really also different from this from this core, both the liquid outer core and then the solid inner core. There really is a change there, which is fascinating. Right. Why isn't it continuous? Why isn't it smooth? Why are there these edges? Mm. Um, But there are. And so you get to this place where it's like liquid rock. You know, it's like molten metal and rock. It's like incredible. Because it's so hot and under so much pressure that basically all the rocks melt. 
right? And you get lava. Yeah, that's right. And remember- <laughs> Magma, I mean magma. Magma, magma, dude. There's no magma. lava there. And mm. uh, so it's really hot and really dense. And so you got this liquid metal and, and all sorts of rock and other stuff mixing around in there. Right. It, it's like super duper dense, right? Yeah, it's super You're saying it's, dense. It's uh, 10,000 kilograms per cubic meter. Per cubic Oh, I see. 10,000. So it was like five tons or so in a, in a, in a suitcase size. Yeah, well, you, you have a cubic meter size suitcase. Wow, I, wanna, I really don't want to travel with you, man. They expand. Don't, I just have, have one bag. It's only a cubic meter. <laughs> <laughs> I think you could probably fit your whole family into a cubic meter, man. No. Yes, definitely. Mm, that's cubic a meter is a lot. Mm. Um, anyway, it's pretty dense down there. It's pretty hot. It's pretty nasty. And but that's important, right? If it wasn't liquid down there, then you couldn't get all sorts of interesting stuff happening, like magnetic fields. Oh, that this is where the magnetic field comes from. It's this uh, liquid molten core yeah, layer. Exactly. But it's really a layer, right? Because we, we're still not down to the core. That's right. This is the liquid outer core. And um, we don't really understand the Earth's magnetic field very well. And for those of you interested in that, we have a whole awesome podcast episode just about the magnetic field. But a critical thing for having a magnetic field is having a conducting fluid. So a fluid that can conduct mm. electricity and move around. And so we think that like currents in this uh, inner bits, inner liquid bits of the earth are what provides the, basically the motion for the magnetic field of the earth. Oh, it acts like a giant, um, like a giant solenoid kind of, right? Like a giant yeah, it's um, like a, motor. it's like a giant electromagnet, you know, there's currents and they're spinning and that generates a magnetic field, which causes more currents, which causes more spinning, which causes more magnetic fields it's called a dynamo. It's pretty oh, cool. Wow. It's like a... It's like we do have an it's like we have an engine in the middle of the earth. Yeah, we do, exactly. And it's a geological sized engine, right? I mean, building something that big would be incredible, right? This is these are structures that are powered and that are operating and are bigger than anything humans have ever constructed, right? So we should definitely be in awe of them. Wow. Okay, and then if we if you make it through and it's and again it's just uh, like rock, but what does that mean rock? Like a uh, iron or metal? Like everything is just kind of mixed in there? So it's mostly iron and there's a bunch of magnesium mixed in there also. And then there's, you know, just some rocks, which, you know, silicate rocks and this kind of stuff. And remember where all this comes from, right? Where does all this iron come from? It comes from the heart of a burning star, right? All of this was created in fusion inside a star somewhere else billions of years ago, which was then flung through space and gathered back together. You know, mm. the earth doesn't make any of these metals. There's no fusion happening here. So everything that the earth is made out of, that you and me are made out of, had to be formed somewhere else and then exploded through space. Wow. Like, uh, there was an event some time ago that created a whole earth full of these metals. Yeah, exactly. Um, and a, yeah, huge quantities, right? It's not like you got a, scoop, a spoonful of iron here. Like you have enormous amounts. And it's not, it's not also a coincidence that it's iron. It's not random. Iron is the point where fusion stops being energetically fa favorable, right? Mm. It's the point in a star where squeezing things together to make something heavier stops releasing energy. And then it costs right. energy to make things heavier. So iron is sort of the natural endpoint for fusion inside stars, which is why you find so much of it. Right. And so you that's why most rocky planets out there would be made out of iron, right? I'm not sure about that, but I think there must be a lot of iron out there in rocky planets, mm. yeah. Okay, so uh, we're now about almost 6,000 kilometers into our tunnel to the center of the Earth. 
and uh, we did, just passed. Did we bring this. enough snacks? <laughs> did you did you pack one cubic meter? No, snacks? no, we're just so. going for a Daniel. We're just going. We're holding our <laughs> our, our our hunger here. Is this we're like a diet? Is this like a diet trip? We're like we're, on a, a weight trip to the center of the earth. We're hoping there's a McDonald's down down there at the, the center. <laughs> Actually, to spoil the surprise, if you do make it to the center of the earth, your weight does drop to zero. Ooh, interesting. Interesting teaser. So uh, we are we're down and we we dug through the mantle, we swam through the molten outer core. So, so here's here's where the tunnel idea would collapse, right? Because you couldn't. It, it's like it's liquid magma down there, right? Yeah, it's totally liquid metal, so you can't just dig a tunnel, right? It's like digging a tunnel through the ocean, right? You yeah. need something to support it, and that something would have to be super strong and resistant to, to heat. So I don't even know what you could make it out of. It'd have to be like a diamond, diamonds. Earthship, yeah, something like something like that. You'd have to construct a diamond tunnel as you go, or something. I mean, this is mm. already implausible, but it sounds impossible. <laughs> but they did it in movies. What do you mean? <laughs> that was a, in in Minecraft. You can dig to the center of the earth, so obviously, <laughs> uh, so, so the, let's say you you you're swimming through this magma for another two thousand kilometers, and then then you'll hit you'll hit it like a a surface, right? If you keep going down to the center. Yeah, you hit a surface, right? And um, what you hit is this this solid inner core, which is mostly iron and nickel. And it's basically just a huge ball of metal, right? And, um, mm. and you might ask, like, why is it solid, right? And it's solid because of all the incredible pressure. It's squeezing it down, right? And, um, and it's also, it's interesting to me that it's almost the size of the moon. It's like three oh, quarters wow. the size of the moon is this just like ball of metal in the center of the earth. Huh. Wait, why is it metal? Why isn't it like like at some point rocks, if you put them under pressure, they'll melt into magma. But at some point, if you keep pressing them, they'll actually solidify. Yeah, exactly. They'll solidify. And, you know, the earth is cooling, right? The earth um, was hot and nasty when it was born. And it's been cooling because space is cold. And um, eventually it's going to, you know, cool down even more. And so the cent- it's cooling sort of from the center out, I guess you could imagine. Right, mm. like the center is um, is getting solid, and this solid inner core is growing, right? Mm. As the the liquid liquid part is sort of falling the falling to the center, and gr- and it's growing by I think like a millimeter or two every year. Wow! So we got time. <laughs> we got time before uh, Earth freezes over. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> exactly, exactly. You got time to finish that novel you've been working on or whatever before the core of the Earth solidifies. But it's important because then it's sort of game over for life on Earth, right? Because then we wouldn't have a magnetic field. Yes, we need a magnetic field to survive because without a magnetic field, we wouldn't be protected from space weather and space radiation and stuff like that. Um, But, you know, it's going to be a long time before the magnetic field stops because the center of the Earth freezes. Mm. Um, But, you know, it has happened like on Mars. We think Mars used to have a magnetic field. We think it used to have all sorts of interesting stuff going on inside. But now it's basically just a dead rock, right? Um, Wow. And it doesn't have a magnetic field anymore. And we don't think it has a whole lot of stuff going on in the inside, though, you know, we're not 100% sure. Um, Wow. But yeah, that could be the future of the Earth. But, you know, by then maybe we will have left the Earth and explored the universe or developed ways to make artificial magnetic fields or something else crazy. All right, so that's that's at the center of the Earth. It's a, 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 a ball the size of the moon made out of metal, really thick and hot and, and solid 
metal. And that's it? Is it, yeah. is it like that all the way to the very center of the Earth? We think so, yeah. We think it's just one big ball of metal. And in fact, some people for a while thought that maybe that ball of metal was just one big crystal, right? You know how metals can form mm. crystals, these like regular lattices of atoms that line up. And uh, for a while, people thought it might just be like a huge crystal. But now they're not so sure. They um, downgraded their diamond rating on the Earth. <laughs> That's right. And uh, we had to go change our insurance policy because the new appraiser said it wasn't worth as much. Oh, really? We have um, insurance. We say, hey, we like it. We love the earth. It doesn't matter. I love you anyway, baby. It's, uh, it's not worth as much, I guess. It's worth everything to me, man. It's our home. Um, yeah, exactly. So that's at the center of the earth. But oh. remember, you know, we haven't visited these places. All this stuff we've learned, we've learned sort of indirectly. Yeah, that's the amazing thing. Um, and so let's let's get into that. But let's take a quick break. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, a daily podcast from Hello Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Every weekday, we bring you conversations with the culture makers who inspire us. Like our recent episode with Hollywood royalty Regina and Raina King. We talked about the creative power of women's relationships. I feel like, thank God for women, like, especially when it comes to Black women, the way we lean on our mothers, our grandmothers, our sisters, our friends. We're just each other's pulse. I mean, it's molecular, you know? Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
All right, so now we're, we're going to get to the question of, of what happens if you jump through a hole down through the middle of the earth. Um, but first, I really want to know how we know all this stuff, Daniel. Like, if we, ha- if we haven't been able to drill down that deep, how do we know what's all the way down to the center of the earth? It's really an impressive triumph of science, right? Science, we're desperate to know the answer to a question, and sometimes you can't see directly like you'd love to, right? So you have to look indirectly, you have to look for clues. And we look for ways to figure out what's going on inside, and we have a whole bunch of them. And then we try to make sure they all tell us the same story. And my favorite one is the way we look at the inside of the Earth is by looking at the impact from earthquakes. Mm. And uh, we use earthquakes the way you might like tap on the wall of your house to figure out like, is it hollow or is there a stud there? You can tell sort of what's behind the wall by listening to how the sound moves through it. Oh, I've heard of that. Like if there's an earthquake that happens in one part of the world, then you check with everybody else around the world to see how that wave propagated. That's right, because the wave from the earthquake, right? Earthquakes are these huge events and they cause a shock wave through the earth. And Mm -hmm. that shock wave travels at different speed through different kinds of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So you can build a model and you can say, all right, well, if the earth was all water, how fast would the shock wave arrive in Hawaii or or, Mm -hmm. arrive in Russia? If the earth earth was all, you know, rock, how how fast would it move? Right. And they bounce when when it changes uh, medium, right? Like a wave... Some of some of some of the, your wave will bounce back if it if it goes from like air to water or one type of rock to another type of rock, and so that's another exactly. way they, they can they can tell where, where are these um, uh, transitions between different kinds of of earth are. Yeah, you get all sorts of interesting reflections. Just like when light hits the window, most of it goes through, but some of it bounces off, right? You can use a window sometimes like a mirror. In the Mm -hmm. same way, as you were saying, every time a wave goes through a transition, a boundary from one kind of material to another, part of it reflects. So they can see these reflections. That's how we know that there really are transitions there, is that every time there's an earthquake, the wave travels around the mantle, but it also reflects off the mantle interface with the core, and then sometimes it goes even deeper, and then it reflects off the inner core. So we can tell that there really are layers there from these reflections, mm. and we can get estimates for their density based on how fast they're moving. We know that, that that's what the Earth looks like because if it was made in any other way, if it looked like any other way inside, we would see these waves come out differently. That's right. It's sort of like a big ultrasound, right? You know, the way an ultrasound works to see like a baby inside the mom without cutting her open, obviously, is it sends these tiny little shock waves, ultrasound meaning um, higher frequency than you can hear, into your body. And it listens to how they come back. And based on the speed and et cetera, it tells where the stuff is and where the stuff isn't. So basically, earthquakes are a way to ultrasound the earth. That's amazing. Those guys are the only ones who celebrate when there's an earthquake. They're like, yay, huge earthquake. We get a new picture of the inside of the earth. We get to tell if the earth is a boy or a girl. Oh, my God. <laughs> or neither. Yeah, exactly. What? They're twins? And, what? Yeah. And so that's really, that's um, the primary way we know about it. And to oh. do that, you have to build models, right? And so you say, well, maybe the earth, the, the earth is this, in which case we would see the reflections looking like that. And then you compare what you predict to what you observe and the tweak and tune. And this tells us a lot about what we know about the inside of the earth without ever going there. Wow. That's pretty cool. Go science, man. Science, you are awesome. Yeah. Buy yourself a pizza. 
<laughs> a real pizza, not one with pineapples on it. <laughs> and, um, you know, we have some direct evidence, like we have dug down pretty far to see what the crust is made out of. And, um, you know, sometimes things do crack open and magma comes out from the earth and turns into lava. And we can sample that and see what it is, right? Mm. And we can look at rock outcroppings, you know, places where like the crust has been lifted up so we could see what used to be underneath, um, stuff like that. Wow. But it's pretty amazing that basically the earth is uh, not a big ball of rock, right? Like it's this kind of active, moving, squishy, dynamic ball of stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's, there's a lot of stuff going on, right? It's not just a rock. If it was just a rock, then life on Earth would be very different. Maybe impossible, right? Without the magnetic field to protect us and our atmosphere. So we should yeah. be grateful that there's a huge engine humming under our feet, that all this stuff is happening. You know, and I wonder, something I, I was trying to figure out but couldn't is, like, when we first became aware of this, you know, because as humans, you know, we know we live on the surface, but like a thousand, two thousand years ago, people must have had a very primitive understanding of what the Earth was made out of. Mm. Well, they probably thought what I thought, which is just a giant rock, right? Yeah, and people, I think like more than 100 years ago, were able to make density measurements of the Earth, right? They know the size of the Earth. They know mm. um, you know how big it is. And you can figure out you know, with the strength of the gravitational force. And from that, you can figure out what the mass of the Earth is. And that tells you like what's the average density. Oh. So like more than 100 years ago, we were able to measure the average density of the Earth and discover that it was more dense on average than it was on the surface which suggested that like something denser was going on under our feet. But that was really wow. the first clue. Wow. Cool. All right. So that's, uh, that's what the Earth is made out of. Uh, it's a thin crust on top of a fluid rock, on top of a giant layer of magma, 2,000 kilometers thick, uh, and then down to a little um, crystal diamond ball the size of the moon <laughs> um iron nickel iron um, nickel blob, right. yeah right but yeah right. you can you can advertise it on the internet <laughs> as a crystal diamond and then you know, they'll be disappointed right. when you send them just an iron nickel ball we'll, but sure go ahead we'll, we'll call it like an iphone uh, you know it's metallic nickel <laughs> yeah, exactly exactly right so okay so let's get down then to what we set out to answer which is what would happen if you jumped down a hole through the earth. Well, we, we already established it's impossible to dig that hole. Yeah, so let's, um, let's imagine it's possible that aliens come and they have some super digging technology and some super tunnel technology and we can actually make that hole all the way through the earth and out the other side, right? Through the very center. And, and hold it open because you and, know, the magma wants to sure. flow in, the liquid uh, rock wants to crush it in and that, that core in the middle doesn't really um, want... It's so dense, it doesn't want to get drilled through, right? Yeah, exactly. So you need a lot of legal paperwork before you can jump into this hole. But let's assume that we figured out all the physics and all the law aspects of it and that we're ready to jump, right? Before we do that, we want to do some science. Okay, so there's a hole, there's a tunnel uh, going through mm -hmm. the center of the Earth out to the other side. Okay, mm -hmm. and what, what, what happens if you jump into it? Yeah, so the, it's really fascinating because you have to think about the force of gravity. So mm -hmm. you're on the surface of the Earth, the whole Earth is pulling you towards the center of the Earth, right? Because the whole Earth is a smaller radius than you do, right? Every little bit of it is pulling it. But you can think about, you can treat it gravitationally as if it was just like a particle at the center of the Earth that was pulling on you because it's all mm -hmm. under your feet. Right. But once you jump into that hole, 
then some parts of the earth are no longer on the inside. Some of them are like on the outside. So imagine you're like halfway down this hole. Like let's say you're like a kilometer down, falling, eating your snack. Now there's a whole bunch of earth, the earth above you that's now pulling you back, right? Actually, the earth above you, um, on average, doesn't have any effect on you. There's, there's uh, the, the, one, the, the stuff that's just above you, yeah, that's pulling on you. But there's like this kilometer thick shell of earth, right? Uh-huh. And the stuff that's on the other side is pulling on you. And the stuff that's above you is pulling on you. It all cancels out. So if you're inside a shell, then all the gravitational forces cancel out. What? Yeah, yeah. I mean, imagine, for example, what happens when you get to the center. Right? What happens uh-huh. when you get to the center? Is there any gravity there? No, because every point, every little bit of the Earth is pulling you equally in all directions. Right? Exactly. And that's oh. true for any shell that you're on the inside of. So if you're halfway down the Earth, then you only feel the gravitational force of the part of the Earth that's closer to the center than you are, wow. right? A sphere of that radius. The stuff that's above you, you don't feel. Like, let's say uh, we're digging the tunnel and we only mm-hmm. get halfway there and we stop. Mm-hmm. And we stand there on the bottom of that hole, you're saying, I would weigh half as much. Like, I, I could jump. It would feel like we're standing on the moon. As you're digging down, you would, you would start to feel weightless. Yes, exactly. Wow. So, as you, so you jump into this hole, right? And the, uh, just before you jump, you're feeling the full gravitational f- force of the Earth. As mm-hmm. you go down, the gravitational force starts to go down. And it goes down linearly so that when you get to zero, when you get to the center, there's no force on you anymore. Which makes sense, as you were saying, because you're pulled in every direction. Wow. So if you open, like if you drill, drill through, you're falling through, and you get to the center, you would be floating around. In space, just like Earth. No, because you'd have you'd have a huge velocity, right? You'd have um, you'd have been pulled down from a bunch of stuff, so you'd have a huge amount of velocity, and you'd shoot right through the center, right? The center would be your highest speed. It's like on a roller coaster, you start at the top, right, and it rolls you down a hill. When oh, you get to the I bottom see. of the hill, right, then you're going really, really fast. If there's no friction, you would just keep going. Yeah, because you've been falling all this time. Exactly. Unless it's like a party down there and people hanging out and ready to catch you, you would just shoot right through the center of the earth. Wow. And then gravity would start to slow you down again on your way through the other side of the tunnel. Right. It would st- uh, now, it, now it's pulling you back to the it's center. pulling you back. It's slowing you down. And it's just enough gravity to slow you down so that you would emerge from the tunnel on the other side and then just stop. With the same speed that you had just w- when you jumped in. Yeah, which is zero, right? So right. Um, assuming that the tunnel on the other side comes out at exactly the same elevation, right? If you, um, then you would come right out of the tunnel and you just sort of like hover right above the tunnel for a second before falling back down again. And wow. if you didn't do anything, you would just sort of go back and forth, oscillating back and forth through the earth forever. Wow. Up and down, up and down. Have you calculated how long it would take you to do that, take that trip? I've not done that calculation, actually. We'll leave it as homework for the listener. But you have to be careful because if you jump, if your elevation, your distance from the center of the earth when you jump is um, less than the elevation where you're going to come out on the other side, then you're not going to make it, right? Um, if you start on Death Valley and you want to come out the Mount Everest, you're not going to make it to the top of Mount Everest, right? You're just going to fall back down into the hole. Yeah, exactly, oh. exactly. But if the Earth was a perfect sphere and you jumped in on one side, then you would come out the other side at exactly the same height above the surface. But if you slow yourself down and you stopped at the core, then you would be weightless and you'd be floating there. Yeah, exactly. Because wow. the Earth's gravity would be pulling on you from every direction simultaneously, which is like having no gravity. Wow. 
And that'd be a pretty awesome moment, right? You'd be like at the center of the earth, the entire yeah. earth around you, right? That would be Floating. pretty crazy. Yeah. I hope you're not claustrophobic. It'd be pretty hard to climb back out, right? That's kind of the problem. Yeah, that would be a very long climb. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. I hope somebody built a ladder. <laughs> All right. Well, that, that, that's, um, that's what the earth is made out of. And if you dropped a, a pizza down a hole that goes through the center of earth, it would just come right back to you, right? Eventually. Yeah, or you could deliver a pizza to the other side of the earth just by dropping through that hole, and it would just like come on out the other side and float there for mm. a second while they somebody, grab it, right? So somebody would grab it, It's yeah. a totally realistic way. I bet Elon Musk is working on that pizza delivery system right now. <laughs> and the bonus is it would be warm because it, it would heat up on the way. You could, you could dump it in frozen, and it would come out nice and toasty. This is a great business opportunity. I hope the lawyers are scribbling this down as you talk. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining us. I hope that um, that wasn't too hardcore for you guys out there. I hope we didn't get too crusty on you. All right. Thanks for joining us. See you next time. Thanks for tuning in. If you still have a question after listening to all these explanations, please drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Daniel and Jorge, that's one word, or email us at feedback at danielandjorge.com. Thanks for listening, and remember that Daniel and Jorge Explain the Universe is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.